Fergoso, Homebridge Mortgage. How are you today? Doing great, John. How are you? Very good. We're on a roll today with new words. Yeah. Vacuous, bifurcate. Yep, absolutely. That's right. Like when the vacuous congressman decided to bifurcate the motion. <laughs> we'll use both of those in one sentence. So uh, in our continuing uh, podcast series on financing options for construction of accessory dwelling units and junior accessory dwelling units, uh, we're going to talk about the use of HELOCs uh, uh, in this podcast. So let me wax poetic with what little I know about HELOCs. Uh, I'm figuring HELOCs go 80% loan to value, uh, which means the HELOC uh, amount will be 80% of the appraised value minus the existing first loan amount. Is that accurate, Abel? Well, you know, the nice thing about a HELOC is that they will allow us to go to 89.9% of the appraised value uh, on a second, recorded as a second, uh, but it is a little higher CLTV, as we call it, uh, combined loan to value. And that's one of the advantages of having a HELOC versus a closed end second that will only go to 80%. Well, that's a big advantage, uh, especially if you're using it as a sort of a swing loan to finance the construction, figuring you will improve the value of the property with the construction of the accessory dwelling unit and the junior accessory dwelling unit. And then you can do a refinance with the increased value and get rid of the HELOC later on. Is that accurate? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So with the HELOC, is there a limit to how large the loan amount of the HELOC can be? Yes. Uh, the, they cap it at $500,000 and then the maximum combined is a million and a half. That's got a lot of latitude. That's going to cover most situations. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. All right. And um, uh, I'm sure uh, what you pay for, for the flexibility and loan amount and loan to value ratio is the type of mortgage it is. I'm assuming it is an adjustable rate mortgage, correct? Yes, it is. Um, there, but, you know, there's several advantages to taking a HELOC versus a closed end. Second, I mean, the HELOC is going to give you the ability to, number one, go to 89.9%. You're going to have an open-end checking account, uh, a, a checkbook, meaning that, let's say for the sake of argument, you take out a $100,000 HELOC, and you meet with the contractor. It's going to cost $75,000 to build the ADU or the junior ADU. And then we get into construction and all of a sudden that 75,000 turns into 85,000. Well, you know what? You have more equity uh, line to pull from in order to make up that uh, over cost run that, that typically happens when construction takes place. But that's the beauty of the HELOC. Yeah. And you can do your own construction drawers. Uh, let's say you have a hundred thousand dollar HELOC, uh, allocation. So the um, uh, accessory dwelling unit uh, uh, prefab builder wants a $25,000 deposit and the you have to put a $25,000 deposit down on the foundation and then you have the balance of $50,000 come and do with the construction is finished. Uh, you can do those construction draws uh, uh, conveniently and with no constraints. You're in charge, right? 
That's right. And, and like I said, that, that is the beauty of the HELOC. And there's a couple of things to remember about the HELOC. The, the minimum dollar draw that you can make is $10,000 when you set up the uh, HELOC. It isn't like, okay, I want to get a $100,000 HELOC, but I don't want to use any of it now until I know what I'm going to be uh, spending it on with regard to the cost of the construction. You do have to take a minimum $10,000 draw. Now, the other thing that uh, you have to keep in mind about a HELOC is that you, they will only give you a 10-year window to draw on the uh, line of credit. So let's say for the sake of argument that uh, you get a $100,000 HELOC and then you pull out seventy five dollars to do the construction and then you pay it down by $25,000. Now you have $50,000 available to you down the road and you can continue to do this and that, pull the money out, pull it, pay it back down, pull the money out, pull it back down but it's only for 10 years. Once you get to the 11th year, it becomes a fully amortized loan. You can no longer draw from the HELOC and now you start paying it down like a normal loan. Okay, uh, well, we would be remiss in not at least addressing uh, how the interest rates are set on the HELOCs. So I'm gonna imagine that the interest rates uh, float perhaps monthly uh, based on some kind of a cost of funds with some kind of a margin attached to it. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. And primary um, margin that is used is going to depend on the, the borrower's credit score. So the higher the credit score, the lower the margin is going to be. Now, the primary index that is used on these HELOCs is prime rate. Um, that's the cost that banks charge each other to borrow money. So Prime rate right now, I believe, is at three and a quarter. So if you add your margin, and then let's say for the sake of argument, you've got a 740 FICO, and you're not necessarily going to the full 89.9%. Let's just say that you've got plenty of equity in your property. And let's say you go to 79% CLTV, combined loan to value, then your margin is going to be about 1.75%. So your total interest rate on this particular ELOC is going to be 5%. Okay. And if someone wants to uh, go online and check out the history of where the prime rate has been, uh, could you suggest a uh, site where they could look at that? Oh, yeah. I mean, they can go to, you know, the Wall Street Journal. They can go to any of the financial uh, markets that, or um, sites that, that provide financial information. Uh, Market Watch, CNBC, the, all those um, news channels will give you the, the information with regards to the prime rate, where it's been, where it kind of is going, and what some of the experts predict it will be down the road. Would it be fair to say that the margin added on to the prime rate will be somewhere depend uh, between 1.75 and 3.75? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so with the uh, HELOC, um, if you're at prime plus, say, a margin of one and three quarters percent to three and three quarters percent, uh, let's say prime uh, gets very volatile, goes high, uh, your margin is uh, three and three quarters percent, um, and uh, the payment potentially can become a little uh, unmanageable. 
Uh, is there a payment cap to a HELOC? There is not. Uh, and I know where you're going with that because with uh, adjustable rate mortgages, the ARM products, there are caps on interest rates and there's caps on payments, but on the HELOC, there is not. Okay, good. So I'm going to take a leap here and say the benefit to the HELOC in financing the construction of an accessory dwelling unit or a junior accessory dwelling unit is in the 90% or 89.9% uh, loan to value and the 500000 to $1.5 million loan amount. It sounds like if you've got uh, an attractive first loan in place, you want to pull some cash out, you want to get those uh, accessory dwelling units and junior accessory dwelling units uh, constructed, um, and you want to do it easily, and you want to do it quick, and you want to do it with the maximum financial flexibility, uh, HELOC is for you. But it sounds like to me, when you get the occupancy permits on the uh, on the accessory dwelling unit and the junior uh, accessory dwelling unit, probably wouldn't be a bad idea to refinance the HELOC and the first with a new first mortgage and or refinance the HELOC with an equity loan. Would you agree with that? Yeah, in fact, think about it. When you're building an ADU or even a junior ADU, depending on the size of it, that is going to substantially increase the value of that property. Yeah. Um, so when you look at it from strictly building it, getting the rents and keeping it for you know five years or whatnot, then you turn around and sell it. The value that you've now achieved because of what you did is going to be great, significantly greater than the cost that it, 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 you've, you've paid to build this type of a, of a unit. Yeah, I think, I think if you look at HELOCs compared to a 30-year fixed rate mortgage, um, they might not look attractive. But if you compare them to a temporary swing loan kind of a deal, they're very attractive. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you can continue to draw on them and pay down for a period of 10 years. So, yeah, absolutely. What kind of debt ratio, uh, what kind of credit score do you need for a HELOC? Yeah, the, the, the HELOCs are a little bit more stringent when it comes to those particular items. They're going to want to see a minimum credit score of 720, and then they're not going to want to exceed a back-end ratio of 43. Okay, and are HELOCs only on owner-occupied property? Uh, yes, they are, only on owner-occupied property. Are they own? Okay, so uh, could an owner-occupied property be two to four units? Uh, they won't do two to four units on HELOCs. Okay, so owner-occupied single-family single, single dwelling. Okay, mm -hmm. very good, very good. All right, well, I, I, uh, I learned a lot. And I think uh, HELOC is a very viable, expedient uh, way of uh, short-term financing the construction of an accessory dwelling unit and a junior accessory dwelling unit. I got a lock, a lot out of it. I got a lock and a lot out <laughs> of this uh, podcast. Uh, thank you for imparting all this information, Abel. Thank you. Very good, and thank you, listeners, for uh, tuning in. And we will catch up with you on our next podcast. Bye for now.